Welcome to the No Wasted Days podcast. I'm Blaine Marion. And I'm Courtney Marion. And on this podcast, we dive deep into the unconventional ways we got sober. And how we continue to stay sober. Well, welcome to the No Wasted Days podcast. We're back here with another episode. It's episode 10. And today the episode is called Judgment. Today I'm joined by my co-host. I'm Courtney Marion. And we got our guests back here again. We got my brother, Sheldon Marion. Good day. And his beautiful girlfriend, Shelby. Howdy, howdy. So today we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, judgment and how uh, people judge other people that are drinkers. Yeah, I kind of want to start this off with a question for Blaine. So since you quit drinking, are you judgmental towards people that still drink? I would say that I definitely am because... I think mostly just because I know how good it is being sober that if I see or know, like, especially like close friends and stuff, if they're, and I'm not saying like, if they're just having a beer or something like that, but like, if they're getting shit face drunk, like, you know, every weekend <laughs> or every couple of days still like, yeah, I, I'm definitely just cause I know how, how much better it is on this side. Yeah. Yeah. Even for like, from my point of view, like I've never been much of a heavy drinker. But just seeing how people, they celebrate with a drink. If they have a bad day, they drink. If they have a good day, they drink. If they bought a new house, they drink. If the <laughs> house burnt down, they drink. Like, it, it's, I don't know. It's just the amount of times that people have a reason or a purpose to drink, to me, is it's kind of weird. Yeah. And it almost is like they don't. Like, for some people, maybe they don't have have a a purpose or for something else to do, you know, it's like a lot of people, especially in Northern Canada in the wintertime, it's like, well, it's cold. There's nothing to do. Sit around, get drunk, you know, like (laughs) what else am I going to do? It's minus 40 outside. I ain't going ice fishing. Yeah. And if you do go ice fishing, (laughs) you bring the coffee and Bailey's as you leave the house, you make sure you grab your schnapps or your fireball on your way out and, then you drink while you fish, and then when you get home, it's like, well, I'm going to have a couple of beers with supper and then a whiskey to top off the night. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Courtney? Are you uh, judgmental to people that are that are still hitting the sauce? I am very judgmental about <laughs> people that still drink. Um, but because I feel like I'm judgmental for a different reason, I'm judgmental because I'm projecting my own triggers, my own things that used to make me drink and I see that in other people and I recognize my own like destructive addicted addiction like behavior so I find myself over at like over analyzing over analyzing other people um because I I don't know I see things in them and it triggers like my own stuff so it's definitely a projection of myself uh yeah I am super super judgmental about people that drink and again it's not people that I you know everybody you're more than entitled to have a good time you can have a drink here and there you can do your own thing i don't mean it that way but i do look for patterns and i do see patterns in people quite often so i would definitely say i'm a judgmental judgmental towards people that uh, still tie one on all the time <laughs> or frequently <laughs> yeah it's easy when you're on the other side of things like when we were still in active addiction i can think back and when i see those patterns in other people it's so easy to see yeah like you guys notice it like right away yeah. It's like, oh, red flag. Right. Well, even like when I was younger, it, it was nothing just to drink after work because it was just, you just had a beer after work. But then after a while, every single day I'm having a beer after work. I'm like, why don't I just go home and relax after work? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
why do I have to have a beer with this? Because, like, I kind of realized what I was doing after I didn't have beer. And I was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to relax after work? I don't have a beer. And I was like, sit your fat ass down on the couch and relax. <laughs> You're not working anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people like that, like, especially working in the patch and stuff. Like, you see it in camp a lot. Like, a lot of, like, the crew trucks and stuff. Not picking on them, but it seems to always be them and welders. <laughs> they're always parked along the back and like in a row yeah. and they're all in there and you know damn well they're not sitting there in their truck calling their wife yeah like man but how do you know you know because you've been in that <laughs> situation <laughs> i see that's how you that's know that's how i know like, yeah, yeah i see it all the time at work too they'll be like on their way to town to go get parts and they stop for lunch they're like can i get a beer and i'm like we don't sell beer they're like well i need my lunchtime beers like guys they're in the company truck on the middle of their work day yeah and it's so like it's so just normal to a person who's like in active addiction to do that kind of stuff yeah like it's nothing to them and it's like just like the societal normal too to just everything comes with booze like mm-hmm. you go to a hockey game it's like buy two tickets get a free beer and they're like hey cool I don't yeah. know <laughs> encourage you and then some yeah. Well, I feel like for me, like maybe my perception, I feel like I'm almost like too biased because I like had my head in the sand for so long and it took me so long to recognize my own red flags that now I'm almost like on the fucking lookout at other people for red flags, like red flags. Like I feel like I'm almost like waiting just to kind of see. Mm-hmm. Um, so I almost feel like it's not, it's probably not even healthy to be that way, but I, yeah, definitely judgment plays a huge factor of that because it took me so long to recognize my own shit and to like sit in my own shadow now when I see other people, I'm very, like, I'm very observant about it. And I'm very, like, quick to be like, ah, oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Like, back in the peak of my addiction, it was normal to go to the bar, like, in the building we worked at every single night, get pissed drunk, go home, come back, do it again. And then now that I'm sober, I watch all of my, like, old drinking buddies doing the same thing, like, five, six nights a week. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. You idiot. And they're like, why is everything going so wrong? He's like, why do you think? Yeah. It's a lot of... I know when I was still in it, like, I couldn't get out of my own way. And I think that's what a lot of people that are in active addiction are like, because they don't, like, see how bad everything is. Mm. They just see, like, oh, this alcohol makes me feel good. Well, it makes you feel good for, like, a few hours. And then you feel even worse than you did before. But then if you, like, to get sober, like, the first few days, like, you feel so shitty. Yeah. And, like, you just would do anything to feel, like, good again and normal. (laughs) But it's, like, man, you can't feel normal if you're constantly using substances. Like, it's impossible. Well, I think that scares people. People get so caught up and so dependent on substances that they don't remember what it's like to actually feel normal. They don't remember what it actually feels like to feel good. Yeah. Honestly, before we got sober... I probably didn't feel normal since, like, probably, like, I was, like, 19, maybe 20. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, like, my whole 20s, I didn't feel normal at all. Well, our like, bodies are rocked, fucked. right? Like, we had fucking, you know, been putting shit in our bodies, liquoring up for a decade and some. Like, you, basically, when you give yourself just enough time to, like, deal with the hangover and start out a goal, start drinking again, like, you never really get back to baseline. You never get back to feeling, like, you know, like uh, how you should feel because you're literally just getting back to back to freaking chaos before you're, you know, you're doing, you're drinking more, you're drinking more booze and you're getting it going again. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I didn't even 
Like, at the height of it, I didn't even have, like, interest in, like, anything else. Like, I didn't really... Like, yeah, I still kind of, like, golf a little bit, but even that was, like, meh, whatever. Yeah, but then the beer cart comes yeah. around, and the first thing you're like, hey, who wants a Mike's Hard? <laughs> yeah, no, right? Yeah, let's get a couple shots of Fireball, yeah, and Mike's if, Hard on the go. And if somebody's there and goes, oh, I'll just get a Pepsi, look at them, like... Yeah, you're what right. What do you mean a Pepsi? It's the beer cart. Yeah. It's not the Pepsi cart. Right. Like I used golf. to... That's judgmental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to judge people when we'd go out for, like, dinner. I'd be like, oh, it's the Christmas party or it's so-and-so's birthday. And, like, if someone was like, oh, I'll just get a water or something, I'd be like, what the hell? Like, oh, I guess you don't want to have fun. Yeah. yeah but you're the <laughs> fucking life of the party, Wendy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. I came full circle. I used to be like, oh, let's go camping and fishing. The first thing you do is, like... Who cares if you forget the food cooler, but make sure you remember yeah. the beer cooler and you judge the one person who didn't pack any alcohol. And then now I'm like, why are you bringing that? You need that to have fun. We're only going to be out here for like half a day. Mm-hmm. Well, like for me too, like I don't, I don't necessarily judge like the individual person. I kind of judge like what the societal normal mm-hmm. is where like everything evolves around booze mm-hmm. or something like doesn't matter what, I mean, like, look how many millions of dollars Budweiser gets during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, it's just to celebrate drinking and during halftime. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even so many commercials that aren't about liquor are set in, like, bars or the people are drinking or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they basically make it look like unless you are drinking and unless you are contributing to that lifestyle, that you're not worth watching, that you're like nobody's gonna pay attention to you because that's mm. just, that's the norm. Yeah, yeah, we definitely have like an obsession with alcohol. Yeah, like, even the all the commercials, like she was saying, every single one of them is targeted for like the twenty to thirty year old kids. They're all kind of clean cut, clean shaven. Everybody looks pretty and beautiful. Whatever, everybody has a drink. Everybody's smiling. It's upbeat, good time music, and like. Yeah. You're taking the edge off. Makes right? me want to go out and buy <laughs> whatever vodka or whatever. It's like, yeah. that actually looks like a good time. It doesn't show the real thing of it, how Joe actually just spent his last 30 bucks on a case of beer. <laughs> yeah. And he was drunk yesterday, so he's like, oh, God, i got to get a couple of these into me. And he's yeah. gonna drive just to feel, like, somewhat good again. And he's going like, to drive home drunk and beat his wife and fucking smack his yeah. kids around and lose his house and fucking three ones. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. they never show that yeah. part, but they always show the good part. Yeah, at the they end. just show the fun. And even if it's not an alcohol commercial, it'll be like a Tinder commercial. It's like, oh, like let's ignore that normal person over there and here's everyone drinking at the mm-hmm. bar and this is where you need to go to have fun and to, like have a date yeah do you think all the the judgment that gets kind of pushed on to people that are struggling with addiction do you think that that plays a factor in them being scared to ask for help to get sober oh yeah it's good asking i mean like 100%. even like for me like when i go to a restaurant I love Caesars, not because it comes with a shot of vodka. Yeah, because I love the clamato juice and the little ringer and the mm-hmm. bean that comes with it. Like, it's a good drink. I like it. Mm-hmm. So now, even when I go to like Mr. Mike's, whatever, for a steak or a burger, I'm like, I'll just get a Virgin Caesar because like I'm not getting it for <laughs> yeah. the vodka, which you can't taste anyways. Yeah, it's like I just want the tomato juice and whatever else is in it. And like, even the waitress would be like, a what? Yeah, like a virgin seed like make me a caesar just don't put yeah. the vodka in it and like i still get my drink that i enjoy 
and I save like five bucks. Yeah, we have a we have a rule because we get the Virgin Caesar sometimes, but I will only order it if I can watch the bartender pour it. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't trust them. No. I don't even. How easy is it to fucking that one extra? Because uh, you make five thousand yeah. Caesars a night to just be like, there you go, Whoops. muscle memory. Yeah. Right. yeah. But what should if somebody feels like they need help and they want to ask for it, but they're scared that people are going to judge judge them on the problems that they have? Like, what should they do? That's a loaded question. Well, I mean, there's. Well, I know. I'm just. I'm there's curious. what you should do, and there's what I would do. I would yeah. tell everybody to go fuck themselves. Yeah. Like, this is my problem. I need help. I'm going to get help. Mm-hmm. But that's me. I'm just yeah. hard-headed son of a bitch. But I know there's a lot of other people that are not nearly as hard-headed or stubborn as yeah. me. It's and they actually though. need like, we help. Never, like, we never yeah. asked for help. We never fucking went out there. And I think like, people hey. are... I was too embarrassed. I didn't want to ask for I, Yeah, I had way yeah. too much, way too much like, pride. Oh. Way too much. And, like, I grew up in a household where... You didn't fucking ask for help. You figured it the fuck out. It didn't mm-hmm. matter, uh, like, what was going on. You just, it's not something that you did. You just fucking took it under the chin and you fucking kept going. Yeah. One way or the other. Mm-hmm. So even, like, nowadays, like, I hate asking people for help. I have people on my Facebook, my Facebook all the time that are like, I need someone to help me do this. I need someone. Like, it is my biggest fucking pet peeve. Do your own shit. Yeah. And, like, that's the same with getting sober. Like, yeah, if you need to ask for help, absolutely do it. But also, you're going to have to own your own part into it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's the same for women, but, like, for men. When you ask for help, it's because you're too goddamn weak. And, like, that's a huge ego and pride thing. Like, I will never admit that I'm not strong enough for something. Yeah. I'll, I might make up an excuse here or there, but I will blow out my knees and bust my back <laughs> before I say I can't lift that up. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's telling the truth, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I feel like. I don't know, like, maybe this is just me, but I feel like there's more, I don't see as much attention, like, like even, like, social media and, like, celebrities and stuff, I don't see that many female alcoholics talk. I see no, I have tons of male alcoholics that, like, you know, they get up there and they talk about their shit and they kind of lay it out there. Like, I don't see as many female alcoholics that are open about their stuff. It's the I reason. I really never do see that at all. Yeah. Well, Jamie Lee Curtis is. Yeah, she is. But that's but the like, only one I know. And she's few and far, like, just yeah. few and far between. And I think I just stumbled across that. Like, had, my friend Chantel yeah. sent me something, like, a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, it's, it's one of those weird things. And I'm assuming that's a judgment thing. Like, that's I a judgment. Think, judgment. Yeah. I think, like, I don't know. I'm speaking just for me. But I'm, like, proud of my sobriety. And I love talking about it and being, like, on this many days or yeah. whatever. Like, I think there's a, there must be, like, that little plateau, that little yeah. hurdle where it's, like, once as you kind of get there and get over that hump, yeah. then you're like, suck it, bitches. Yeah, like, it is. But before that, you're like, oh, man. Yeah, like, it's scary. It's, it's like, scary. I don't want to admit it. I got a problem. It's like you're almost hiding your addiction again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't want people to find out I've been drinking at work. I don't want people to find out. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I don't want people to find out that I'm trying to be sober. And so yeah. you just kind of hide. And, and that I used to drink in my trial. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. like, oh, you you're an alcoholic and then again it kind of goes back to being weak it's like alcohol got you mm-hmm. like out of all the things in life like alcohol got a hold of you and then it's like you kind of start, start feeling kind yeah. of getting judged again so it's well, like well then you judge yourself right because you're like fuck i'm weak 
Yeah. So I need help. Yeah, it's or just I'm a you vicious circle. So every year you're beating yourself up, and then you think everybody else is fucking beating you up on top of it. So it's just like a vicious circle. Yeah. Well, nine times out of ten, they're really not beating you up nearly as much as you are yourself. No, that's yeah. your, 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 you know, they always say you're your own worst critic, and a lot of time mm-hmm. it's definitely true. But when you look at it that way, you're scared to tell other people because you don't want judgment, and then you're fucking judging yourself because you're like, Jesus Christ, Johnny and Jenny, you fucking. Sally, Jeffy, Raphael can kick this. Why the fuck can't I? Yeah. So you're just stuck in like this vortex, getting whipped around from every angle. Yeah. I just, I think, I wish we lived in a society where like people weren't so judgmental about it. Cause like, I honestly, like, I don't think there's nothing wrong for asking for help. Like if you need it, I wish I would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause then maybe it wouldn't have took me this long. Yeah. <laughs> like really. And that's the hardest part, right? Is just putting yourself out there. Like even like now, like, like you said, there's just that switch where it goes from like, yeah, I'm, I'm sober. Then all of a sudden it's like, we ran into somebody in Safeway. We went to FSJ the other day. I had seen him in a couple of years. I haven't seen him in so long. He had two kids. He's like, man, I haven't seen you guys in forever. And I was like, straight up. Yeah, we're sober now. We don't drink. We have a sober podcast or something along the lines of that. Yeah. And like, he doesn't know us for non-drinking. Like we haven't seen him in so long. He had two fucking kids. <laughs> like that's how long it's been. He doesn't know us as anybody other than Courtney and Blaine who used to drink. We knew him from going out all the time. Yeah. So he was like, oh, my God, like, that was awesome. And it was so nice to not have to be like, ah, like, and, you know, if that conversation would have happened a year and a half ago, it would have been just like, ah, oh, like, maybe I'll see you around sometime and be like, eh, I hope not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I hope I don't see you at a bar again or wherever the fuck we used to, you know, run into each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and there's also the fact, like, I can't speak about it much because, like, I'm not a recovering alcoholic. But, like, has there ever been times where you told somebody that, like, you're recovering from an addiction and it almost feels like they're rooting for you to fail. So they can go, ah, see, told you they wouldn't Here, make have a it. Beer. That'll make you feel better. Yeah. A hundred percent. A little bit. Yeah. I feel like even like judgment within my own family, I felt that I felt, you know, I, you, I didn't tell, well, neither one of us told many people, especially in the beginning and the very few people I did choose to tell, um, some were in my direct family and they did not take me serious. And that really fucking hurts because, You know, like, it's hard enough to battle this. It's hard enough to have enough balls to be like, listen, like, I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time here. This is what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. And to have, like, your own flesh and blood treat you like, like, oh, yeah, you'll be drinking again in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's Christmas time. Are you sure you don't want to drink? Like, I was just flabbergasted. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people that do that, too, just know that they're never going to get any better. And they would rather just kind of have someone stay with their level so they don't feel alone. Misery loves company. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember... one of I was only sober for like maybe 10 days like not very long and I went out ice fishing with a close friend and he was pissed (laughs) (laughs) and I told him that I was like yeah I'm, I'm not drinking and he's like oh okay and like from that minute he believed me yeah and he didn't offer me booze nothing he was like oh good for you all right cool yeah and, like, thinking back now, I'm just like, wow. Yeah, shit. Like, that's insane. <laughs> right? Because, like, he was drinking. We used to drink together a lot. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and especially, like, for me, like, I'm sure in the early days, too, I'm sure people must have been like, oh, fuck, Courtney's got to be pregnant or something. Why is she not drinking? Like, see, that <laughs> fucking girl's a piss tank. She's always drunk. And, like, so just, like, little stuff like that, like, comments, like, why else isn't Courtney drinking, right? Because I wasn't going around being like, I'm not drinking, I'm an alcoholic. I was just kind of keeping to myself. Mm-hmm. And even, like, people at work and stuff, because we used to get together and go for dinner and, like, go for drinks and, like, 
I could just like, nobody ever, I never actually heard anybody say anything, but for the first little while, I'm like, I'm sure these people are talking about me. Like, what's going on with this girl? She's always fucking drinking. Why isn't she drinking? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's such a change. And, uh, yeah, I just, man. <laughs> if you, if you're like trying to sabotage people too, like, oh man. That's your own level of judgment you've yeah. got coming towards you if you're uh, if that's your neck of the woods because that's that's really tough and it's a hard enough battle to get on top of it's a hard enough battle to just admit to yourself mm-hmm. never mind to like admit to other people and that's like for me I'm gonna try and not be so judgy with people that do drink because I have <laughs> to realize everybody has their own battles everyone has their own struggles just because I can't and just because I battle alcoholism doesn't mean that other people do and that's why that's something that I'm trying to work on because. When I'm projecting my bullshit on other people, like that's not that's judgment right there, and that's not, I know I don't like to be judged, so I shouldn't do that to other people. Yeah, yeah, I try not to, just because like it's like you don't know what people are going through. You have no idea. Yeah, like who knows? But it's just when I see somebody making changes in their life, some of the ones that I did, and I've given people advice and shit, and I see them doing it, it's like oh man, I want what's best for them, and I know that booze isn't. Mm. So that's probably the biggest reason why I kind of judge a bit, I it's guess. a place of love, right? Because you know what it's like. Because we've been on that side. We've fucking been through the ringer. We've been through the rocks. And we know we're at a point, like, thank God we made it to this far. We're at a point where we can see things from both perspectives. But I almost feel like for myself, I'm getting to the point where I don't see it from the, the alcoholic point as much. Because yeah. I'm so, like, happy and, like, thriving in the sober part. Where, like, they're like, oh, getting drunk is fun and blah, blah, blah. Like, to me, that part is, like not tempting anymore because i'm like no like this part is good going to bed at fucking 9 45 is good getting up at 6 30 in the morning is good like i feel like i'm almost losing a little bit of my like in touch with like the full-on alcoholic part which yeah. i'm thankful for mm-hmm. yeah i 100 down too because like i know some people that are in early sobriety that i talk to and some of the stuff that they say i'm just like i don't understand Cause I'm like, why are you like sad that you're missing out on a party on Friday? Like I, cause that's, I'm so far along in my journey that I'd like, but we forget that yeah, one day we were I sad. would not want to go to a party on a Friday night. I would not. That's the yeah. last thing I want to do. But we forget. Cause there was a point in time for me where I was a little bit sad. I can go to fucking Sally Jesse's party. I, I remember that like not as vividly as I used to, but I remember feeling like weird feeling on the weekend. Like, Oh, I guess I'll just hang out by myself. Cause I can't trust myself to be around anybody drinking. Yeah. So yeah. like, but it, it definitely is great to like, not fucking to be on the part where I'm like, I don't give a fuck about you guys drink on the weekend. That's on you. I don't ever want to drink again, but it's, interesting to go from you know that the full-on addicted side to be like oh i understand i understand to now be like come on buddy like recover it gets better yeah. like it's interesting to have that switch one day at a time <laughs> <laughs> well even when i was younger like i used to drink every weekend with the buddies and all that stuff mm-hmm. but then like after a while like i never got addicted to alcohol but i always wanted to be there for the weekend because it was it was fun you got together yeah. with all your friends and stuff and I'm lucky where I didn't get addicted to alcohol. Mm-hmm. And then it got to the point, though, where it was, like, every weekend was, like, the kind of the same thing. Yeah. And just kind of got, like... Repetitive. Yeah, just, like, the same. It's like, okay, yeah. Well, he's going to show up. Some other guy's going <laughs> to show up. That guy, he's 
probably going to get in a fight again. Yeah. This guy, he likes to jump squad or with fire. Once in a while he crashes, so I like to be there for that. Everybody yeah. else is just talking about fucking fighting and tripping pipe, like, same yeah. shit every year. And then yeah. eventually, yeah. when I was in, like, my early 20s, I was like, it's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. So, like, I quit drinking then because I didn't have a reason to drink because the only reason why I drank was because I'd be with my buddies. So you're socializing, right? Uh, yeah. The social norm. Get drunk with your buddies on the weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now that I don't really, like, I don't really socialize with too many people. And when I do, it's like going fishing or whatever. Yeah. And the last time I was here, we talked about, like, I don't like packing even more shit than I already pack. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, the odd time I might have a beer with, like, dad or one of my friends or whatever, but, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just got bored of the party scene and alcohol was part of the party scene so it just kind of went out the door with the rest of the stuff and yeah i just grew up early yeah and it's the one cool thing about like the times that we live in right now is that for a lot of people struggling at the beginning they still want to be a part of that socializing mm. and now there's like non-alcoholic beers that actually have like vitamin d in them right <laughs> yeah. like it's kind of cool you know, there's actual, like, options for people. Mm-hmm. You know, I always just bring iced tea or something, but... Yeah. Or a Red Bull. I, I don't yeah. try not to drink that shit anymore, but it's interesting, because when we were about, I would say probably a year sober, maybe a little bit more, we went to... that. You guys might recognize the story I talked about when Blaine drove home and the cop pulled us over, and fucking yeah. he blew, and, like, he, he blew us over. Um, that same night, there was a girl there. She was about three months sober. And super nice girl. We were chatting all night and she was asking us about like our sobriety journey and how things were going. And like super nice girl. I could really tell like she really wanted to make a go out of it. But when we went home that night, I said to Blaine, I was like, you know what? She is way too early into sobriety to be hanging out where the fuck we were hanging out. Yeah. And like, and like she had the best intentions and I really hope that she like stuck it through. I ended up following her on social media and I know that I know she's not sober anymore. I mean, that's her own choice. But I just remember thinking like, fuck, maybe if she would like, maybe if she like wasn't in this scenario like three months in, maybe she could have made a fucking full go of it. Mm. Yeah. Well, and I think that's an issue with that non-alcoholic stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I want to have a beer, I'm going to drink a beer. Because even me just being a normal guy, mm-hmm. if I drink a non-alcoholic beer, there's something missing. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, it tastes okay, I guess. Like the little Heineken ones, they kind of taste like a regular Heineken, but there's... There's something not quite there. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of want a beer. Yeah. And I'm I, not an alcoholic. Like. I honestly, <laughs> I've had a couple non-alcoholic beers. Like, I usually have, like, one or two every summer. Because there's something about a beer after mowing your fucking lawn. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's being a man right there. <laughs> yeah, on the ride on the lawnmower, that's <laughs> yeah. the So, like, yeah, I, once or twice a year, you know, hot day. <laughs> yeah. But, like, other than that, yeah, I, they taste like shit. I yeah. usually end up dumping half. Uh, yeah, of usually about half gets like, drank, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm good for another fucking twelve months. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. For me, like, I'd rather have like a glass right full of the rim with ice, and there's like half of a can of Coke in there, and yeah. slam that. Like, that's way better. Yeah. Than any beer or whiskey or well, anything. Mm-hmm. I just drink spring water. I don't remember the last time I had a pop. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been probably at least a month. Yeah. Yeah. Check out our uh, future episode. We're going to be doing one on food. little promo for the future yeah in the early days of sobriety I don't think people should be anywhere near a bar right or or trigger people because we all have trigger people like even just the smell of a bar yeah like if I walk into a bar again I'm not an alcoholic if I walk into a bar that smell 
it's like the grossest smell on earth, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I could go for a whiskey like right, right now. Yeah. And I am not a recovering addict. Like, yeah. <laughs> there, it's so crazy. There's places I literally just like can't go. Yeah. Like I can't go to the brew house. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go to the brew house, but yeah. Like, I know I, I hate that place. <laughs> but like I can't go there. That's I'm not like, a big, well, that's not a big loss. That's I just know. a learning curve. But you know what? Like in our previous episode on triggers, we talked about like the sawmill. Fuck, it would have been nice to like be able to go to the sawmill once in a while, but that place yeah. is dead to me too. Well, it was the lounge <laughs> side. So. I don't know. I don't know. From, but from also, Europe, like original Joe's in Fort St. John, dead to me. I could never go there. Never. I think it's actually closed down. Yeah, they shut down. Yeah, yeah I could never. The go there. one girl that worked never. there used to. We knew her. We had a mutual friend, and she'd like be like, "Oh, hi, how's it going?" And, like bring us booze. Like, no, fuck, never went back to that place. She like bring yeah, us shots. Didn't even have shit. to order. Didn't even have to order. Yeah. She'd be like, "Hey, how's it going?" And I'm like, "Ah, fuck, <laughs> can't go to that place ever again." Yeah, and it's nuts because. Out of all of the changes and stuff, like, we used to go to hockey games all the time. I haven't been to a hockey game since I've been sober. I'd yeah. love to go. And, like, I don't know. A part of me is scared. Yeah. Because I used to get hammered at them. Ah, uh, yes. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I would feel funny. I'd probably just, I don't know, eat some food there or something. But I feel like I almost have anxiety being there sober because yeah. there's so many people and, like, everybody there is drunk. Like, yeah. I... I'm better now, but in the early, like early stages of sobriety, I had a really hard time being around people that were drinking and that's just like three or four people, not fucking a whole stadium full of drunk people. Mm-hmm. Like I like think like I would love to go to a game, but I also feel like there's a small part of me that would be like super triggered by like anxiety and just like, I'm so out of place. Everybody's drinking fucking $12 beer. Like I'm yeah. just not, you know, we actually, we went to Hudson Hope had a hockey tournament on. So we went down there, and it's just, like, local teams, like Hudson Hope and Chatwin, a couple other places. And you recognize somebody, and they call us over, and they were sitting, like, in the beer garden part. That was so awkward. And it was, like, so awkward, like, just to be, like, okay, we're coming over. Like, (laughs) it was weird. And they were, like, and all those, like, there was a bunch of girls there, and, like, I was chatting with her from Fort St. John. I hadn't seen her in quite a while. And, like, they were, like, they were getting dicked up, and they were having a great time. And, like, it was fun to chat, and it was good. And, like, I really enjoyed the interaction, but I could, like... I could just feel there was like a small switch when I was like, wow, like I, I don't, I just don't think I can be around people drinking anymore. <laughs> like, I'm just, I, I, and it, like, they was, they were all super nice and it was great. It was nice catching up with them, but there was just that like, oh, okay, I think I'm done. Yeah. Like, I just, I just can't. And there <laughs> are times where it's just like, I can't be around people and I'm a hundred percent okay with like, just being like, no, like, sorry, I can't. Yeah. Like we had like a work thing one time and it was like a big, like, barbecue and like i like i obviously there's drinking and i like couldn't bring myself to go i was just like oh i can't and when you're on a sobriety journey like it's you do it whatever's best for you and if not going to any social event whatever just don't go yeah who gives a shit well that's when people have like the fear of missing out too and it's just like ah well what if this happens or what if you know, it's like, who gives a shit? You'll hear about a Monday. Well, what if yeah. you go and you fall off the wagon and you ruin your fucking life? That was my <laughs> biggest one. But what if you do yeah. go and you fall off the wagon and you fuck up all your progress because you needed to hear that fucking Jenny and Sally were making out in the fucking closet? Like, yeah, I'm yeah. like blacking out and missing it all anyways. Yeah, no and, and then just fucking derailing yourself and putting yourself through all. And like, it's not only that, like, there's a torment behind failing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, especially in a situation like that. Like, I could have stayed home with the bed at 945. I'd still have my sobriety. I still have my sanity. Oh, I was nosy and was scared of missing out. So I went out and now I'm fucked. Now I can start from square one yeah. and feel like shit and pull myself right back up that same hill. Hope yeah. for a better yeah. outcome. It's true, yeah. And I, like, I had, um, like, when I first got sober, I had this thing. It was called Sober Talk. And it was an online, like, kind of podcast talk show. And people would call in. And, like, he was down in the States, but he was kind of like our podcast a little bit. Like, they actually, like, talk about real stuff, not just, like, oh, put your trust in God and he will make you sober, blah, blah, blah. Like, he, they talk about real stuff. And I find, like, stuff like this can actually, like, help people when they're actually struggling. Yeah, because this is more like a real. one-on-one connection. You're not sitting here reading from a book. <laughs> yeah. Step one, admit you have a problem. Like... Okay, fuckhead. Everybody's heard yeah. step one. Like everybody yeah, has a problem. We're fucking step one. Yeah. Actually, we're good yeah. on step one. We're fucking solid. Yeah, You're naked walking down the street with a bottle of Jim Bean. You got a problem, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> everybody knows. Well, like, it's nice to like. I for me, like, I just think it's so nice to talk about the shit that is real. Like these are triggers. Going to places you used to go to are a trigger. Hanging out with certain people that you love to death, but still fucking trigger the shit out of you. These are real scenarios and shit you will run into. Time and time again. And you know what? The shadow likes to do this great thing where you think you're fucking healed. And it's actually like, hello, motherfucker. Let's find out if you're healed. And yeah. it gives you, it puts you right in the middle of temptation. And Come you give me decide. a big hug. They're like, they're like, it's been a good fucking six months, but let's chat. And it'll yeah. happen. It really will. And even though I said, like, I'm pretty judgmental to people that are still getting drunk all the time and stuff. The one thing I'm not judgmental on is even if you are still in active addiction, but you reach out for help because I've had a couple people do it. I like don't judge them at all because they are at step one. They know they have a problem and they've asked for help. So it's like, and okay, you're help good. Is like, huge, man. It's fucking yeah, half, yeah. The, it's half the problem, right? It's hard. It's, it's really hard. It's very hard. And not everybody can just, we're very lucky because at least we had <laughs> in our own fucked up addiction. At least we had each other to kind of play off and to back each other. Not mm-hmm. everybody has that. Yeah. Right. That could have been a different game changer. Had we been single or, I don't know. God only knows what the fuck we were up to. Like, you know, like yeah. things could have gotten really different if we weren't both on the same page about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and there's always two sides to every story too. Like somebody might not come home and say that they're in recovery yet because they're worried what their parents are going to say. Yeah. Or they have one of their buddies that they always go out and drink. And for the last six months, they've been busy at work or they can't find a babysitter mm-hmm. when really it's like, no, I went off the deep end, and like I'm a full on alcoholic, and yeah, every time I'm around you, I just fall off again. So yeah, like, like and like some people are that. Like you can yeah. love people to death, and they can still just be a constant fucking reminder, a yeah. constant trigger for you. Mm-hmm. And it's not their burden to bear, but they still they, take yourself out of that scenario. If you have somebody, like you can still love people from afar. Mm-hmm. You really can. If that's what it's gonna, if that's what you have to do to stay sober, fucking do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's part of like admitting that you have part of a problem too, because maybe their friend. Had no idea that you were yeah. actually that in the shit. So they're yeah. just like, yeah. come over for a beer. And like, I know that's just what you guys do. You drink beer yeah. in the shop. I feel bad because my first year sober when nobody knew, I had so many people being like, oh, come over for a beer, come over for a drink. And I honestly, I just ignore them. And I like, I know that's not the right thing to do. <laughs> But I had to do whatever I, I had to do for me. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't text them back and be like, oh. Well, and you, it puts, <laughs> like, you, sorry, dude. It puts you on your, your fight or flight, right? Like, it used to yeah. activate my fight or flight fucking system. 
where my body is like, like I'm like, cause I want, and I love these people for the most part there. I have great relationships and I want to see these people, but I also am like, fuck, I remember for 15, 10 fucking years, what used to go on when I did. So, I mean, it's completely understandable to have those feelings. Right. And again, like maybe not ignoring them completely is kind of a dick move. I'm just going to fucking say it. <laughs> yeah. But if that's what it made, well, that's what you had to do to keep your fucking sobriety at the time. Now, two years later, you could be like, Dear John, I'm sorry I missed your barbecue 75 fucking times, but I'm a drunk and I couldn't have come because I would have drank and fell off the wagon. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, and people just don't know. Yeah. Like, that's a friendly thing to do. Like, yeah, come over for a beer and a bullshit. That's the most fucking common thing in the whole entire world. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, and then hopefully when you are actually on your road to recovery and you are telling people, like, I missed out because I was a recovering alcoholic, whatever. Hopefully by then they kind of got over that you have ghosted them a few times. Yeah. And they're not going to judge you and be like, I remember you, you asshole. Yeah. Hopefully they're like, oh. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like all the judgment kind of goes out the window now. Mm-hmm. They're more like good for you. Like you had a problem, you fix it. Yeah. Well, and I think judgment, like even because you get judged, you get judged by your family, you get judged by your friends, but you also get judged by your place of employment, uh, you could be, you know, subject to subject to other people's ridicule for them to talk shit about you. You don't, you don't really know. Like you can get judgment from so many different ways from so many different outlooks where it's almost overwhelming to fucking consider when you do put it out there and you let people know, well, now you've got the whole fucking world being like, Oh, well they've got a problem. And that's, that's intimidating. That's hard in its own. Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of, a lot of places of employment too, like, in their whole HR department, it says, like, if you have a problem with any kind of substance, like, you can reach out, and I don't know if it's by law, but, it, like, they're supposed to give you, whatever, three months free help kind of thing, but... They don't. And there's a stigma. Like, yeah, when that comes stigma. out, too, they're like, oh, Blaine from accounting there, yeah, did you hear he was a drunk? Yeah. And then when you come back, if you have a sick day, yeah. then on out. Off the fucking wagon yeah. again, I oh, see. Yep. Well, you got drunk last night. Yeah, like, he sure what, is sick. Or, like, was his girlfriend really sick for that week yeah. and he had to stay home and take care of her? Or did he fall off the wagon and fucking... <laughs> yeah. I, knew, I knew a guy who did that at work, like, said he had a problem. And basically, it was like, yeah, like, oh, well, I have a problem. I want to go to rehab and all that. And they were like, okay, well, here's two rehabs you can go to. One's 30K, one's 20, you gotta pay. Like, they got him into rehab, but he had to pay. Yeah. So, so he ended up losing off. his job. And yeah. So it's like, yeah, you gotta, I don't know, you gotta be careful who you ask for help. You can't just go to your job. Like, yeah. It's not their job to get you help. But yeah. then, how does that poor fucker now that he's lost, now that they're gonna be like, okay, you need rehab, obviously you can't work. And he's like, fuck, I guess I got work since so I need rehab now. When now he goes have to get, job. Well, and he goes to get another job, you're gonna be like, oh, Johnny's in rehab, I thought. He's at fucking wherever. Like, <laughs> that's a slippery slope that can go down pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, and then that gives him a reason to drink. I lost my job. I'm gonna <laughs> drink. <laughs> and then when he gets another job, hey, I got another job. Time to celebrate. Time to drink. Like, it, is back to that vicious circle. You make like, it yeah. fucking hard for the drums. Holy, I'll give him And the, the crazy thing is, is that, that uh, I don't want to call him a kid, but that person, I'm pretty sure is sober right now. So that's pretty cool. Perfect. Awesome. Shout out to you if you know who you are. Good. Good for you. <laughs> fuck work for not paying for your fucking rehab. Yeah, fuck Rude. them. <laughs> Rude. False advertising a little bit there. Yeah. Fuck. 
Well, everybody, this was our uh, episode number 10 here of the No Wasted Days podcast. We hope everybody liked it. As always, stick around. We'll have uh, another episode coming at you next Friday. Peace.